It was uh, basically uh, the idea uh, that I wanted to explore was uh, my personal relation with ego and, uh, and how this voice, how this inner voice that we all have in a way can be a cruel dictator and a tyrant presence, especially in my creative process that always is full of sometimes certainty and then uncertainties and doubts and at the same time empower you to believe that you are somebody that you are not and then can judge and say this is a piece of shit kind of thing that you are doing. So all that tyranny implying the creative process of I feel that maybe most of the artists in the world and most of the people when we take decision or we see ourselves, I thought that that was a good theme. And then my uh, writer partners and I embark in that, in, that, in that journey, you know. The single take born, basically form and content are together and I think they born together. Even the drums too. So I mean, I had the idea since the beginning. The conception of the, of the, of the idea was like that. I knew that the, 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 the people perceive the one single shot that is basically a very challenging approach to a film uh, will help to really make people um, uh, able, in a way, travel with uh, the character's point of view and experience what really he's feeling and experiencing, you know? So, so I think, I thought that that would add a lot of the dramatic tension uh, of the film. It's extremely challenging because, you know, film basically, the nature of film is, is, is through editing, through basically the fragmentation of time and space, and you put together those pieces and you manipulate it and you can polish and create, you know, the rhythm, the beats, the, the tone, the, the, even the genre of, of the film, and you can hide your mistakes. But here you can't hide nothing and you have to find all those things that normally you take six months or one year editing, rationally thinking about how the film should be. You have to be doing it that now in the set as a roller coaster are doing. So it's an exercise of awareness and precision and collaboration and um, determination and clarity. I think that's what I learned about that. You have to be much more clear of the decisions you have to make and which sacrifices you are doing that doesn't harm the whole film. And so anyway, I think it's, a, and technically it's obviously very, extremely difficult, but yeah. exhilarating. Yeah, I think that Michael is, is, is one of those guys that uh, not only have the, the authority to talk about uh, this, because he was one of the pioneers of the superhero era that we are living, but, uh, but I think that he's one of the few actors in the world that can really play and has the range to play drama and comedy seamlessly with talent, with humanity, with honesty, as he proved in this film. And at the same time, the meta dialogue that exists by his own personal experience, that's one thing. But the other, the other thing is for me was much more important. And, you know, this character in a way can be a prick. And I want somebody who is absolutely likable and lovable, even when he has full flaws, you know, all around. So I think those characteristics really make Michael somebody that was unique. He's struggling with all the, what, with a thing that every human being needs, which is in a way, validation, right? That we all want to be accepted, we want to be here. But most of all, I think we all human beings need love. You know, that's why the Raymond Carver poem at the beginning, I think his quest is to be looking for love 
but he misunderstood, and he, as the wife said to him, you confuse love for admiration, you know. So he, he wants to be admired, but being admired doesn't fulfill him, and has never been. It's just that he's completely wrong in his quest. And uh, so I think today, in the today's world, as you said, everybody now wants to be a celebrity or can be a celebrity and wants to be like, dislike in the social media. And, and, and when you empower people to do that, it's, it can be a miserable and funny situation. One of the most serious decisions that you have to make as a director is that. And I'm very particular. And I, I took a lot of time to really see the energies and qualities of the people that play these roles. And I think I, I didn't commit a mistake in that. I think all of them were amazing. They were, they are very great actors and they were right for the part. But beside that, they have done that. And I thought that too, that that was adding another meta-reality. <laughs> you know, I hope that they have a good time. Uh, you know, I hope that they, they get a ride, an emotional ride and, and a visual ride. And they have a laugh. And, they can feel something, you know. I, I, I'm interested in, in emotions and I hope that they can get, I will say, that they can feel and, and, and for, for the character especially, I think. Or they can identify themselves and laugh about ourselves as, <laughs> as, as, as very funny and pathetic and lovable creatures as we are. <laughs> hey there, you awesome gamers. Are you looking for super cool and incredibly engaging mobile games to play? Well, if you are, then check out Genius Empire, the gaming studio that everyone is buzzing about, at GeniusEmpireCorp.com. All of these characters in, in, this, um, in this movie, I think we, there's a lot of very complicated uh, stuff running through everybody. Everybody's sort of in, in a fractured version of themselves. So... Yeah, my, my character is, is Brigham's daughter, and she's working as his assistant, um, which is a dangerous job for her to be involved in. Um, and she's sort of, in moments, insisting that he confronts himself about certain things that he's not admitting to himself, or she doesn't think he's admitting to himself. And um, She's sort of simultaneously trying to overcome addiction and falling back into numbing herself out with the things that she's trying to quit. So, um, yeah, she's in a tricky spot. I think that a lot of the characters in the film are sort of um, the furies that, are, that surround Michael Keaton's character. The, the, the movie is really the movie really resides inside his um, uh, emotional, his bubble of emotional stress, of, of spiritual stress, of like midlife anxiety. And, and everybody, his daughter and his co-star and his producer and his actresses and his ex-wife and everybody really is, is sort of swirling around him causing him various, you know, uh, various levels of, of sort of sudden uplift and sudden distress and just buffeting him. And I think, um, I, I think that uh, what's neat to me about the way the film progresses is that you, you're on his side, you know, you're on his side because um, He's, he's, he's taking a risk. He's taking a risk to try to sort of recover uh, 
himself, which I think almost everybody can relate to, and so you get on his side. But as the film goes on, it does something very unusual, and I think Michael's performance, you know, really uh, makes it work, which is that you, all these people shooting darts at him, you, you come to find really have a point. He he has real he has he has real issues with need for with you know as his wife says confusing confusing appro- uh, a- admiration with love and and he um, and I think that um, in that sense it that's that's why it becomes you know if if you want to use the word profound and relatable I think to anybody because because. The, the, it, it, those are difficult things to understand the difference between, and we are all in different ways hung up on um, what other people think of us, mm-hmm. maybe a little too much. The answer is no. I, I, I don't personally, I don't see it in Emma. We've known each other a while. I, m- more than the average human being has doubts. My and, daughter your daughter <laughs> yeah exactly but you know the biggest irony to me is not to answer the question for him but is that people are asking uh, people are obviously asking this to Michael a lot because he starred in two of a series of a superhero movie but but he's he's the person I see as the being in many ways the least like his character like he really is he's got he's, he's got a life that's much bigger than his mm-hmm. career he's the most grounded guy he seem he, you know he just seems He's got a wonderful family. He's very content. Mm-hmm. He's done fantastically diverse stuff. I don't and and very unlike his character. If you say to everyone else, what do you associate Michael Keaton with? Like I, we go much more quickly. I think to Night Shift and Beetlejuice and Mr. Mom and all kinds of things that were to me like the definitive things. And and then yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, he did Batman. But it it's um it's I don't actually see this like deep alignment between Michael and his character, which um makes his performance, I think, all the more um, impressive. Almost everybody's great. I'll leave it at that. No, I'm totally kidding. Almost every person that I worked with was... (laughs) There were some bad... And then there were those that were especially incredible, right? There were those that were, like, astronomically, (laughs) unbelievably incredible. The ones I worked with on the roof. (laughs) The one I worked on the roof. Yeah. You wouldn't know it. Um, but he was really everybody. It, it it was great. It was yeah. it was a great bunch of people. I think he cast the way all people cast, which is he looked for people who could could incarnate the essence of what he had in, in his view of these these characters. Um, but I think that um, but I think it's always fun, you know, whether it's. You know, there's there's lots of movies. They've, people have been talking about them: The Sweet Smell of Success, or Network, or Tootsie, or someone just mentioned King of Comedy, or you know, With Nell and I, or The Dresser. There's so there's a lot of really great films that are about people inside the trade of entertainment, and um, and it's always kind of delicious when there's people who are obviously in the business themselves, kind of sticking a fork, being part of something that sticks a fork in it a little bit. I think, and I think this is very much in that tradition. Are you in need of a high-quality yet very cost-effective printer? Rob Express has got you covered. We print business cards, posters, banners, yard signs, stickers, shopping bags, and so much more. 
Check us out at robbx.com. Essentially, knowing that Alejandro would be the director and the script was good. Yeah. So, honestly, um, it's that 99% of the time, you ask anybody, any actor, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the answer. You know, that's really the answer because it's hard to find a really good script. And for me, you know, it's hard for, to find something that, that I think I'm... If I feel like I've, did a, I've done a version of it before, it's not like I won't do it again, and I probably have, and I, you know, I've done it, but you, you, I personally always kind of want to find something that maybe I haven't done before. But then even if you find that, it's got to be well-written, and then if it is, then you hope a really good director is attached to it. So it's, it's not, not easy to find a really great thing. Um, it's actually quite difficult. So to get a good script and then an really good director, already you're inclined to want to do the movie. And this happened to be a good script with a tremendously talented director. And then, on top of all that, you know, just something like I hadn't ever read, you know, a movie like, uh, that I, I've never been a part of a movie like this, even in, as far as how it was made, how it was shot. Not like anything I ever did before, it's just totally, totally different and really had to be fine-tuned in rehearsal otherwise you can't make the movie and you know at some point you think why are we shooting like this you don't have to you just this is a good script he's a great director we can tell the story you really can't once you see the movie he had to shoot this movie this way because it follows the, it, it you know keeps getting more and more and more and more compressed and intense and then it goes inside Regan Thompson's head now you're in his head following him through his uh, you know, this journey. Um, and that's where shooting like that really paid off. When you're around somebody who's that passionate and smart and uh, committed, you know, you feel like, I've got to come up to that, otherwise you're really, you're just dead weight. Um, and nobody wants to feel like that, uh, least of all me. So uh, it's, it's inspiring. You know, you're never in a bad. You're never in bad hands. You're always in good hands. You know. You know. You turn around. You go. Oh, okay. At least I'm in a scene with Ed. And then you go. Well, now I'm in a scene with uh, Naomi and Zach, and then Andrea and, and Amy. You know. I, my, some of my favorite scenes were with Amy. They were the really simple ones, and uh, I really loved the, doing those scenes. They were just like quiet, crazy, as opposed to the other kind of crazy. This was just really and, and soulful. You know. So. Just, and she's somebody I always wanted to act with, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, you're you're in good hands with all these guys. Well, me and Ed both think Regan is all. Well, Ed thinks everybody in the script is all Hunter, which is kind of true. He's true. He's right. You know, I, I there is uh, I, there is a, there is a theory that when you dream. Ed was talking about the other day, and he said, you know, you're, there's a theory that you're everyone in the dream. Actually. There's a theory that you're everything in a dream, you know, that, that, you know, you know, I'm this mic stand and I'm these lights and I'm you and you're me. And then you go, it's all part of you and you're just trying to figure out what's going on with you, whatever. Um, and so Ed says, no, he's, he's everybody. Every, everybody in the cast is him and he's everybody in the cast. Because he, he'll tell you, you know, he'll, I mean, it, it, I'm not talking about school. He said this came out of him changing and thinking about his ego and, was he happy as an artist and turning 50 and, you know, we're just all the, the people who are doing it for him. Hi there.
Maybe you're in the mood for a delicious cup of coffee or a soothing cup of relaxing and always flavorful fruit tea. How about some scrumptious crunchy granola or maybe some organic and all-natural candy for that sweet tooth? We've got all that and much more. Check out our amazing brands on Rob. And that's with two Bs, fbc.com. Again, the website is robbfbc.com. Well, Alejandro, <laughs> I would say probably for both of us. Literally. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he called me up and said, would you um, consider doing this little part in this movie? And uh, it's only... Um, I, I actually was on a no-work period, which I'd promised to my family, and um, so it was unlikely that I was going to do it. And then he came and talked to me and told me about the script and um, and the whole idea and, and the process of how it was going to be filmed. And, and it, I mean, it just sounded like a great challenge, and any time I can get to spend with Alejandro, particularly on a set, is, is going to be um, a fascinating and... and worthy experience and, and I did learn a lot, yeah. Well, it's in a strange way, you know, it was very like making theatre because we had these long sequences that we shot, perhaps, I don't know, in normal film terms, maybe six scenes at once. And we had them rehearsed and choreographed. You can only rehearse and choreograph something so much <laughs> until you actually get into the real space, you know. So we had three great weeks of rehearsal, but then we also had a lot to negotiate on the day. And we rehearsed it enough that it felt like we could, we were able to hit the beats we needed to hit emotionally in the moment, you know, so we could be present enough. But there was all sorts of shit going on behind the camera. <laughs> you know, there were like five people hiding behind the camera. There was a whole, there were camera crew, wires tripping over each other, elbowing walls and each other. And it was funny, it was very funny and a nerve wracking, a huge amount of pressure because nobody wanted to be the one who was going to drop the ball. What comes with that intensity is that when you achieve the impossible, or it feels like it, um, it's impossible, it is victorious. It is a collective, fantastic, victorious moment that you all share together, which is very unlike um, conventional filmmaking. You know, usually, yeah, you're like, oh, I got, yeah, that was good, that, that felt good. And, you know, but in this case, you're all sort of like, bouncing, pounding fists and high-fiving and <laughs> chest-pumping and, you know, it feels like you've, you've scored a goal or something. When he said that, he said, it's a comedy. I'm like, yeah, right, you. Not really. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and me. Definitely not. Like, nobody comes to me for comedy. Um, but it was, it's interesting because it did open a, a, some other doors and, um, and, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. You put the message out there, and then it starts coming to you. That's so true. You you do you can hunt things down, and you know, or um, I, this wasn't something I was hunting down, but I had put myself into that place where I was like, I have to broaden the horizons and start choosing some lighter material, and um, and this being a funny piece, but it's it's really got some pretty intense and heavy themes in the underlining of it, and. Uh, and I just thought, what, what a great experience, what a great team to be a part of. And, um, and yeah, like it required incredible focus, incredible discipline. But like I said, the highs were, were extreme. 
It was um, a contrary experience playing my character Laura because she has really very little experience. Or Alejandro and I talked about the fact that she probably hadn't done a lot of theatre. And she actually follows Regan out to do this play from Los Angeles, perhaps, you know, to, to New York mm -hmm. um, to do this Carver adaptation. So, so she's not particularly invested in the material and perhaps in the same way that Naomi's character is. Um, she's certainly invested in seeking acclaim. And I think Laura's very open to wherever that'll come from. You know, she's, she's open to that coming from a lot of different places. But she's also looking for love in all of the wrong places. And it's not reciprocated um, by Regan in the way that she wants it to be. And, um, and, I, and I love that. I love that, she, that she's a really erratic, you know, she's pretty crazy, Laura, but that she, uh, you really get to see her come into her own in terms of what she realizes she wants from life, perhaps a family, a baby, you know. Oh, and, yes. And, and, and as a human. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> actually, like, everyone's got their own thing going on here, but there are actually very similar versions. I mean, they manifest themselves differently, but this, you know, I think basically that it's all a need to be loved and validated and feel like their best version of themselves that, you know, maybe they've gone off track in some way or another and they'd like to get back to the, the dream that they, the original dream that they started with and um, the innocence of that. And so I, I feel like, yeah, it, we, we can relate to Riggin's character, uh, Riggin and Michael Keaton's character because he is a version, there's a version of him in all of us, whether we're in that theatre world or not, or in, involved with um, fame or Hollywood or anything. It's just, I think, a human nature to, to want to feel validated. He had such an enormous job, really, because not only was he leading the film in some way, but he was, in a sense, carrying it because Alejandro was making a film from one man's perspective. Um, it's, it doesn't mean that all of the all of the character elements aren't involved, but it's, it, you really see it from Regan's perspective and the long shots, the whole one continuous shot, allows you to be inside of his mind. And sometimes it's very claustrophobic to be inside of his mind, and it's a relief when you get outside of the theatre even. Um, but you also understand, I think, seeing the whole film from Michael's character's perspective, why he escapes into his head and why he why it's easier to go there than it is to perhaps deal with what's going on in his life his relationship with his daughter his dysfunctional relationship with his younger girlfriend um you know a bunch of actors around him he's trying to wrangle and nothing's working <laughs> hello there are you looking for a highly creative and efficient team to help you bring your 2d and 3d animation ideas to life or how about a team of out-of-the-box thinkers to illustrate captivating posters and logos that will give your business that competitive edge? If you are, then check out the uber-amazing Bonga Studios at b-o-n-g-a dot r-o-b-b-e-n-t dot com. When I got the script, I knew I was, I mean, just working with Alejandro, that he was going to be the director of our film. That was a huge draw for me, and uh, then also a note came that all these other actors had agreed to be a part of it as well. And then, then open the script, and <laughs> you know, these scenes are amazing. <laughs> so um, that, was, that was the trifecta for me. I agree, I mean, the script was in the director. I mean, they were two really, the director, Alejandro is, he's, a, he's special in a way that 
He has this uh, Latin passion in him and this burning for art. Uh, and you can just tell when you meet him that he's different than a lot of uh, other directors. Um, he has art in his heart. And then the script was really just really very, very intriguing. And uh, th those two things for me, yeah. Um, and, and then plus I got a chance to work with my wife. Sylvia, his ex-wife, they still have a friendship of sorts and she very much tries to bring him back down to reality and you know is is the one who reminds him that you know you you, you mistake adoration for love and they are two separate things and and um, and her reason for doing so is to try to make him a better father for their daughter that they have together Jake is his name and that's spelled J A K E Oh got it. Yep. Okay. Um and uh, I think he was just partners with um, with Riggin for for a number of years. Probably met him when he was a PA, when uh, Jake was a PA, and then Riggin kind of saw that this guy was a a hustler, and and a, and can, they could be a good partnership. And I think through the years, uh, there's been you know like any partnership, there's strains, and this is the where this movie kind of takes place in one of the strenuous times of their of their relationship. I feel like they've not been here before, but they've had some ups and downs through the years. So they're, they know each other very well. Um, and he's there for Riggin a, a bit, but he's not, he's not as, he's not as much of a, of a, of a, a pillar as, as Amy's character, I think. I think he's- Did you say a pill? A, I wish I'd said a pill. I said a pillar. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's a little, he's, I mean, I think Jake is weak. I mean, he cries during, during the movie, so. He sees things going south and tries to keep a good, uh, hey, everything's okay, lying to himself, but then he realizes that things are not going as planned. And they come and go, certainly not at the volume level that Riggin has them. So I, and I, I do sympathize with him. I mean, he kind of makes his own mess, but uh, you know, there is a part of, you know, being an actor that it's not, it, it, yeah, it's not digging a ditch. It's not, you know, it's kind of a luxurious job to have when you have it, but there's a part of it like you are bearing, you are exposing yourself in some way, like even though it's never happened to me, but we all at times have had that feeling like, I'm in my underwear in Times Square. <laughs> you know, this is really mortifying, you know, but you, you go on, you know. Um, so I, I can identify with tiny fractions of it. You were I saying thought that. he was going to do more of a funny voice. <laughs> you were just like a, like a bird, like a yeah, bird. Um, it's uh, it's fun to witness it when you're working with someone doing this kind of uh, challenging uh, type of acting because it's very layered what he's doing, and then to see it in the in the finished product and it's even heightened on on film when you see it. Uh, I I. I I don't know. No, I, he's, it's, it's really he's good. It's really tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> he's a tremendous person, and his performance in this film is really, I mean, this, he's playing multiple characters in this film, and he's and while in it, he's very generous with you in the scene. He makes I will it say it was a little movie. disconcerting when he wore his, uh, I couldn't tell if it was his Batman or Birdman cape, but when he went home, he would put his cape on. Did oh, you yeah, know? yeah, that was strange. Well, conventional film, you don't, you rarely you might shake 
someone's hand, <laughs> like hello, and, and then your hair makeup, hello again, you want to run lines, and then back It's very little rehearsal. But this was, uh, this was extensive. We, we, we mapped out the whole uh, floor plan, basically, of the space that we would eventually be filming in, so we knew the exact measurements of the width and the maybe pieces of furniture. Did you rehearse in California? Yeah. Yeah, they taped out. So they had, you'd walk into the rehearsal space and it was taped. So if that's on the set, that piece of furniture, they measured it. So when we rehearsed, we knew that we, that was going to be like, there. You can't walk, to the exact, you can't yeah. move over because you're going to bump into that yeah, wall. Yeah, so there was masking tape or... of the hallways and the furniture. So it, it was a kind of a crude rehearsal uh, with, with those parts. But I think that with, with the actors and working with them, it was, it was so helpful. Yeah, really helpful. And then you're, you know, you're fine. Usually when you rehearse anything, a play or anything, you, you try to map out, oh yeah, well, it would, it would be believable that we'd be sitting side by side in these chairs, but then you add in the element that the, the film and the sound crew need to be there as well. You're like, oh, well, we need to make more room. Okay, well, we can't sit here. Where, what are our other choices? Like, it starts to narrow, you know, or choices get eliminated pretty fast. And, uh, and then kind of these other magical choices that seem preposterous. Like, could we get away with that? Like, well, we have no other choice, so we're going to make this real. We're going to make it that this is what the... Choices. Plus, the camera's floating and it's moving. So, usually, if it's just locked off, you can say a line and flub it. And go, oh, hold on, and just repeat it. You can just repeat it. You can't do this here because you have one shot. Within the take, you have one shot. And if there's eight minutes that have gone by and Amy hasn't made a mistake, or Naomi or uh, Michael ha haven't made a mistake, and it's your turn, and you only have 15 seconds to say your thing. But if you make a mistake in that 15 seconds, you look like such an idiot because they've done eight minutes of heavy lifting. Uh, so that causes you go, you go back, a little bit of tenseness. That actually, I think, helped the movie in a weird way. It's probably something it's you can't witness. It's going to happen to all of us. So it's not like you're like, oh, sad. You know, like, oh, good, Zach did it because I did it yesterday. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I have, yeah, I mean, when, when Naomi made a couple of mistakes, I was so happy because, I don't know, she doesn't seem like she would make mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This has been a Rob Radio Network production. Check out our website at rrn.robbent.com. Thank you for listening.